0: Welcome to the Global Mission Awareness podcast, where the last command of Jesus is our first priority: to bring the good news to the least last and lost. Hello and welcome to another episode of Kingdom Family Talks. I am your host today, Kaylee, and um, I I have the great privilege of serving Leif and Jennifer Hetland and the Global Mission Awareness family here in the office. I get to manage his travel and event schedule and help manage what's going on in office. Um, today is a really special day. I absolutely love the subject that we're talking about. It's a part one of a two-part series that we're going to be doing over the next month. And the first segment, it's, it's called Here Am I. Here am I, Lord. Send me, and we're going to be exploring Isaiah six today. Um, <clears throat> Leif and I were, were talking through this yesterday, and there's just we call it the oil. There's oil on it, um, and our heart and global mission awareness is to raise up harvest harvesters to send into the end time missions movement. And um, I think this this portion of scripture is so important in that uh, the encounter that Isaiah faced. So I would love to absolutely just go ahead and jump right in. Um, Leif, I would love for you to share a little bit about what's happening in this time period because Isaiah is one of the most quoted prophets, quoted by Jesus. Um, He was this incredible prophet who um, had incredible insights, revelations uh, of the kingdom of God and the coming Messiah. And um, before this significant encounter in Isaiah 6, uh, he was known for prophesying judgment because of the the wickedness of the people, and so I would love to hear your thoughts on what was actually going on in this time, and and to help set us up for this incredible encounter in Isaiah six.
1: No, I think that what we had seen just as a picture of, uh, if you can say both globally, but especially for Israel at this time period, is that uh, Isaiah lived during a season when King Uzziah, King Uzziah was king, and what a lot of scholar would say that he was probably also related to him some people are saying that he was the cousin of the king which uh, to some degree when you have a ministry and you are a prophet you probably even have some royalty in your bloodline it gives you certain confidence it gives you certain and and you're recognizing that there's things that is around and and if you reading the first chapters of the book of isaiah you kind of can even see the some of the sharpness in regard to woe is them look here wrong here, wrong there, is giving a diagnosis of what's going wrong, exposing all of that. Uh, so so all of this is kind of a setup because as a giving a little bit of the background with King Uzziah and himself. He inherited from his dad actually a pretty good kingdom. And he's one of the kings that reigned for the longest period of time. Actually he was only 16 years old when he actually became king and then he, he ruled and reigned for the next 52 years. And as his father, he pursued God. Even the name Uzzah means just the strength of Yahweh. So he was named because the strength of God was going to be manifested. And you saw that. You saw it in his creativity. You saw it in his wisdom. You saw it in the way that he was ruling and reigning, the way he raised up an army. The big thing, if you're studying the details of what he accomplished, in 2 Chronicles 26, it kind of showed that. But he is the one that even put them in an advantage compared to any of the other kingdoms out there because he had weapons of mass destruction back then, at the catapult. He was the one that created that. He invented that. So you have some of those weapons that, uh, that that somehow the enemy was terrified. Build an incredible army people prosper they knew who the king Uzziah was and for all of these different years they've seen the favor that came over him so there was favor definitely over isaiah they gave him an opportunity they gave him the platform to some degree gave him the pulpit to going around but then there's a shift that is taking place and this is why i believe uh, why we're even doing this podcast uh, and why it is burning on our hearts in the season because i think that there's a prophetic picture and this was for me a couple of years ago that Paul Yadon and myself felt there was a now warm frost and for a whole year just was going after it. Then it just recently, it came back again. And that's one of the reasons I just started to see this burning, because I just realizing that globally, but also in America, uh, in our church, in every area, you can start to see some of the changes that's going on. So when you're moving into a season of transition, And you're starting to see some of those changes that is taking place even with what's going on on the news what we do want to focus and especially in the next year year and a half is to raise some people that understand the times that we are living in Mm -hmm. but they also will have the spirit of wisdom and also understanding the spirit of the times knowing what to do with it Not just to have a diagnosis that there's a sunset and there's coming a sunrise. Not somebody just to see that the winter season is over and springtime is coming. But then to be able to have the wisdom and having sons and daughters. And that's why I feel this session, first of all, it's a personal one for me. Uh, Mainly just because I realized it was 12 years ago this week that that was one of my first encounter with a lot of desires in my own life had to die. It was a season that You had had a lot of success. That's what King Uzziah did. And Isaiah had success. Everybody had kind of you did very well and things was working and and God was blessing and you can just entering right in the middle of all of that and not realizing in the middle of it that in a moment, there's some of those little pride that can creep in. There's an earlier season where you're totally depending on him. It's kind of without him. I can't do nothing. You have that stage. Mm. But in him, I can do all things. So there's an element because God always gives grace to the humble. But what we also have to be aware of, he resists the proud. So we think that grace means unmerited favor. But the Bible says very, very clearly that he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. If it is unmerited favor, why would he resist the proud if it is unmerited? So that's what we see here in Uzziah's life that affects also Isaiah because he also had some of the same disease creeping in. In one moment you're getting God's blessing, you're able to build, you're able to do all those different things and in the next moment he started to step outside here his area of anointing he started to operate and eventually started to do something that only the priest can do you certainly before you realizing you you're no longer operating within the sphere you are supposed to do and then of course this is an Old Testament context here but now God goes in and leprosy is a picture then of sin coming in and eventually had leprosy now he starts to hide and cover himself up and eventually what well, the whole Isaiah 6 starts with now it was in the year King Uzziah died and this is a very significant now because after you have had certain stability and we've had it since Second World War, pretty much we've seen there's been a stability to some degree and even see what's been going on, even if there's been some bumps. We've seen the blessings and what we've always said is that one generation is going to, it pretty much was the ceiling of one is the floor of the next one is going to be better and better. But this is the first generation that see there's such a shift going on globally in America and around the world. Because we're seeing a lot of the Uzziahs as dying. And the whole system that we have depend on, build on, that God was blessing, now is shifting. And in the middle of that change, what are we going to do? And I think that's what we're going to learn. Some tremendous lessons that we see here. It was in the year King Uzziah died. And there is a lot of things that are being buried of what used to be. And now, but there's also resurrection, what is coming. And we have to see and being aware of that.
0: Yeah. I love that. Let's uh, let's dig into King Uzziah as as a person and how um, that relates to our lives. Because I, I love that you mentioned identifying the, the Uzziahs in, in our life. Um, you know, he he had good intentions. King Uzziah did. It was just there was a factor of pride that came in that overshadowed everything that was in his life. And um, I think that's something that we all face as well. Is is that element of pride at seeing yourself. Um, before seeing others, God had clearly spoken to him and, and King Uzziah was known to be obedient to the Lord and he had that favor on his life. But it's along the way, um, he lost his way in in with pride. And so I'd love to, to hear your thoughts on that and how you've personally faced some of those elements as well.
1: I think that what's is happening is that, it, as I said, the name Uzziah means the strength of Yahweh. Mm. But what you will see over and over again, it's in pretty much every one of us, if I'm saying what is Kaylee, what is your greatest strength? If you look at any person and looking at their greatest strength, when that's being overextended, often becomes your greatest weakness. So you will find that somebody that loved well or whatever is their strength, when that's being overextended, that's the danger. That's the warning sign. That's the weakness. So there was the strength of Yav and his obedience and everything else. But when that is moving beyond what he has the grace to do, that's when he's also started to operate in his own strength and that's a very very subtle thing because now as you say pride moved in and you do not even realizing until some of the grace is gone to realize you maybe just stepping in and now before when it was humility and you know that there's no way i can be a king like this i need his wisdom i need his strength i need his joy i need his peace so you constantly become about him and before you know it everybody talks about uzziah How smart he is, how wise he is, how strong he is, how powerful he is. And before you know it, people are looking at a Uzziah instead of looking at God. And I've seen it in my own life, uh, as I'm saying, on several occasions. This is what happened, and I think it's still what's happening right now. And going to another season is part of the reason that this is personal for me. It's not just a old story. But 12 years ago, I went through this season that it was just... There was such an anointing, there was such a breakthrough. We were seeing, I've never forgot the last day I ministered in Tanzania, uh, but you were not aware of your own. Uh, if you can say leprosy that was in the middle of it Mm. you even medicated so you didn't have to feel it but because the creative miracles was there god was blessing it it was open heaven and i remember this muslim sitting behind us the limbs were straight now so even when people pointed and said there are some issues in your life you pointed right back again to them because you could see uh, i have these proofs and evidences the anointing is on my side Mm. Uh, that worked until in a moment december 2nd 2005 the dove the anointing lifted and all the change now from in a moment you have an open heaven and you all of that was just grace was not because of anything that you did it was his grace but now when pride comes in it's the opposite because now he resists the pride. it's okay if you want to do this without me let's see so when he then in the next moment god just moved his arms back for a little bit and then you start to have to operate in your own strength your own ability your own and now, in the next moment, it's an overwhelming feeling. For me, that was a five-month journey. And it was one Uzziah after the other. I remember one moment I stood in California and Laguna Beach. I looked out on the ocean. It was just a simple thing of gratitude God was teaching me. But I was so crippled by pain. I was so crippled by lack of sleep. And I lost 26 pounds in that season. I've often shared the first days I was afraid I was going to die. It's kind of what you see is happening with Uzziah. Now he has leprosy all over. I mean, this guy is... He looks success. Everything is there now. He has to hide. He has lost his confidence. He has lost everything. He's starting to move outside his area of anointing. So when God, when he doesn't operate in God's strength, operate in his own strength, and God just removed that for a second, this scary thing. So I stood there in California, looking at the ocean, and I was kind of almost mad at God. And everything else was like, and it's almost like God was just smiling. I could see Papa was just smiling, and it was not. It was more that he just wanted to see like. Do you see this little piece that was like a little thread yarn or whatever? If it is not for my grace, you wouldn't even be able to lift that. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time when that came, that thought to me, I was kind of like, that's a silly thought, but at that moment, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even lift my arms. I couldn't do anything. And it was at that reminder, I realized: if it is not for his grace, I couldn't do anything. And it's a scary feeling. So that started my experience at the moment then when the King Uzziah died. It was five months on the Uzziah died. Then I saw him high and lifted up. Now it leads to an encounter. And that's what God wants is for us then to have an upgrade. But that upgrade, what you have to do is to give up some of those Uzziahs in your life before that upgrade comes. And that's that's that whole shift. I cannot go on yesterday's anointing for today's assignment. I cannot just be complacent and... In, in regard to even the blessings that God has done. How do I create and how do I continue to be hungry? And how do you maintain humility when you have all the successes? Sometimes I think it is easier to deal with failure than success. For him, it was all these successes. And that's what happened with me because the successes were there. I'm speaking in the conferences. The doors are open. Miracles are taking place. You're not dealing with some of those issues that is going on on the inside. Until this moment comes when he just, when, when eventually the light comes on you, that's when you start to realizing uh, we got an issue. And that's what starts to take place here. So now Uzziah dies. And that's when we're dealing with what are some of the Uzziahs in our lives? What are some of those areas we started out in the spirit? But if you get in a little bit closer, it smells a little bit like flesh. Uh, in a moment, you're pointing, everything is pointed to him and everybody talking about. God. They're talking about Jesus. They're talking about, and in the next moment, they say, wow, He is brave, or He is courageous, or He is, people start to look at you. And that creeps in. Yeah,
0: I, I would love to hear um, how you allowed to, God to be strong in your life, stronger than you. I know it's is a journey that I've been on, and a process is is uh, getting rid of the threat of independence in my life, and, and learning what it means to be a coer with Christ, but um, that hits that thing of, of strength is in your strength, allowing God to be stronger. And that was ultimately a, a downfall of King Uzziah was um, he, he couldn't lay down his strength. It's, he really loved the, the opposite end of that, of, of you know the, the praise of it and, and letting pride get the best of him. So I, I love to hear, um, how, how do you allow God to be stronger than your strength and what does that practically look like?
1: I think that one of the things, that's one of the reasons says you have to be like a child Mm. even to be able to enter the kingdom. So first of all, I think it comes back again, just a very simple identity. When my sonship is in front of any other ship, it's safe. There's nothing wrong to have a strong leadership or apostleship or discipleship, any other ship, as long as the sonship goes in the front. So it's even with Jesus, who do you say that I am? So I think that when a role, if that is a Uzziah or even for somebody, or an Isaiah, that if if you're suddenly a prophet before you are a son, and a son then moving into maturity of your sonships, so you're becoming a friend. Now God makes himself vulnerable. He says, I no longer call you a servant, I call you a friend. And said now if you love me you obey me what he's saying here now is that your relationship and this is kind of where god makes himself vulnerable to his friends god could do it himself he doesn't need need neither uzziah or an isaiah prophet he doesn't need a leif Hetlan to be able to do it but he chooses to make himself vulnerable to his people he is sovereign he can change a nation in a day There's not even an issue, but what he have chosen as part of his sovereignty is sons and daughters. But he doesn't want, we maybe say, show us your glory. But he knows that if his weight and his glory come in, if there's cracks in our foundation, he knows that it would crush us instead of helping us. So then he lets circumstances coming into our lives to be able to expose some of them. If we then humble ourselves and humility comes in, there is grace and you can start to deal with it. So that's where I say that it's not talking about But for me, the sonship is probably that's what Jesus lived with as a ship in the front of any other ship in any mm-hmm. circumstances because that focusing then who I am as a son, but I do what I see my father do. I say what my father say. So if you're a king then or if you're an apostle, if you're a business owner, your husband or whatever role you are, you can have strength in those area. But it always comes from that sonship and daughtership first mm-hmm. towards God, then towards people. And then the maturity of that moves into a friendship level, both with God. So my kids, they're grown up now. And so even Lila Ann, who works in this office, she's more a friend than me being a parent. So you're ending up with a friendship level and then says, now we're going to dream together. But now I'm not going to necessarily, sometimes I give her what she, or oh, this is really what she longs for, but then you go on a whole circle around because we're not ready for it. And I've seen that where the very blessings that we, in our, we believe we're going to have it ends up actually the very thing that takes us away from the one that blessed us. So eventually, the toys in itself is what we get excited about instead of the giver. And I've seen that is taking place then if you're saying that if the sonship is not in front of any other ship. That's what happened with me. That it's not that I was not a son, I was also a leader and I had all the other strengths there. So, but the awareness is that always having the sonship cap on if I had that as a reminder, S O N, that's who I am. Yeah. Then the enemy cannot say if you are a son, you need to do something or you need to prove something or you need to. That's what you're seeing in this story. That's mm-hmm. what you're seeing also with an Isaiah, because when your value is well I'm related to the king and I have this gift or I'm going around prophesying mm-hmm. and here's what that's what happens to us. But for us on a practical level that's the most safe thing yeah. when I'm there mm-hmm. as a son. Waking up in the morning to remind myself I'm a son. Going through the day, I find my strength in that sonship. There's Mm -hmm. humility in it, but there's also strength in it. Because I'm not an orphan, I'm a son. And I do what I see my Mm -hmm. father do. I say what I hear my father say. I don't have anything to prove. I know who I am, I know whose I am, I know what I'm called to do. But I don't need to have to prove anything because Mm -hmm. I already have an A plus on my report card from my father. That's Mm -hmm. the safety mark that I believe in regard to. I find my strength there. That's not a, a weakness, but it also, it is on the other side. I, I have a very, very strong God because, again, I'm living as a son towards a very good father. That gives me mm-hmm. an incredible blessing and a benefit. And then when other people coming in and saying, "Are oh, you who you say you are. Oh, if you do this, the enemy can come in. Other people will do. I don't have to prove anything. I know who I am. And I know mm-hmm. who my father is. I know what I'm called to do and I know what my assignment is, but also what my assignment is not. Staying within there, there's grace. And that's also where you get very humble when you see what God is calling you to do as a son, because now you're becoming a friend with God and you start to dream with him.
0: That is that is powerful. Um, so I'm on this journey and I, I start identifying those Uzziahs in my life and I, I'm recognizing that, um, that sonship is leading me and that's the place that I operate from. Um, but as well, it's, it's being humble and coming before him again in a humble way and saying, okay, God, here is my life. Again, it's yours. Take it. Um, once I'm at that place and I've identified those areas, how do I sustain what happens? I, I know that we're going to go into it in the next podcast because encounter with God is, is a very important um, element in, in that and a factor in that. But I'd love to hear, like once I'm there, and I'm humbling myself before the Lord. How do I sustain what happens there?
1: And I think that one of the things is to, again, build memory stones around what is just taking place, because we forget so quickly and it just it's just the nature. First of all, there's an enemy that is very fearful of humility. Because there's always grace, and grace is God's ability. That's where your strength comes from. Now you have God's ability in any situation. Anything you do not have, God has it, and you have access to His account. That's called grace. God's empowerment, God's ability, God's wisdom, God's power, God, everything that He has, you have in this. So if the enemy is going there, so even when you're coming in, and, and this is a, a, a lifetime journey i know positionally speaking we have everything and we have an a plus but experientially in life it's important not to be it's not about sin management but glory management when i'm realizing at this very moment first of all i think that this is the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and we have a wisdom series coming up and the whole wisdom series starts beginning with the fear of the lord the fear of the lord is not being afraid of him but the fear of the lord is more when I'm climbing up in a mountain in Norway called the Prekestol, this is like the pulpit, and I'm going up there, I feel like I'm being pulled over the edge. I have a awe in the awesomeness of the beauty and the splendor and everything that I see. I'm just so overwhelmed. But the other side of me while I'm up there and I'm being so overwhelmed and the perspective that I see and what I got to experiencing, when I'm looking at Lucy, if you want, to see that fjord in front of me, the other thing I'm feeling, I'm feeling I'm getting pulled towards that edge. I don't know if I can make it. And that's the tension that you're living with when you're on the top of that edge that always brings me back again. And at the moment, I have those memories. Like, like that's why I can remember 12 years ago as I'm going through some issues and some of those, Uzziah seems to want to resurrect themselves again and some of that are coming up again. So now I'm going through a season and sometimes I think that prayer, fasting, the reason fasting is there, not as a, discipline necessary or duty but I think fasting giving up something because you do not even know until you're giving up what you're hungry for when Mm you're hungry what are you more hungry for than anything else how do I know that I'm hungry when on my table there's full of food every day so sometimes that's another way that Mm -hmm. how do I maintain my hunger that's that's one I think it's continuous to be overwhelmed because whatever overwhelms you shapes you and I think that that's also have a tendency when I'm seeing my Uzziah's here, I'm going through it and it's not do I rehearse everything that has been there, but I'm seeing what Jesus paid for. If that's sin, if that's pride, uh, whatever that is on those lists that we're coming in when you start if that for some people it is sexual for some people it is money for some people i mean they have those things on the list and they're coming before him it is not to be able to bury those things letting him they're coming to a cross jesus paid for those things it's not us going in I'm paying for us but that's what the humility is you're meeting you at the cross and you're saying jesus this is not who you are and this is not what you paid for you took my sin, so now I'm righteous. You took my shame, so now I'm glorified. Taking those things. And for some people, because I think it is a process, in a sense, it's, mm. that's why also the sanctification process. You have justification, right. but a sanctification. So for the next 40 days then, in regard to, for some people, it's to turn off their computer for 40 days, that will be good. All I'm saying is renew your mind to go along with the experience that happened. Mm. So the new you will get the upgrade. So it's very important now when you have had those desires dying is then coming to come back and fill up that area because something has died but now you have all these good seeds that needs to grow so that you're creating a new environment an environment that is connected to the open heaven that's the gates of heaven but it is also the house of god which is you those two connection points is that we're about to lead towards in the encounter and the experience that comes. So I think an encounter, it's a beautiful way to set you up for an encounter with God. But I think it's also sometimes safe. It could be 28 days or 30 or 40. But I'm just saying that let it be a process right now where you're not going around and beat yourself over. And when it's been paid for, it's been paid for. But now going in and starting actually to see, say, and seize what God mm. sees and says and then receive it. And that is often a process. If not, you're going back to what it was. If you didn't Mm -hmm. fill that up, renew your mind, fill new furniture in your mind of Mm -hmm. how God sees you, what he thinks about you. So that that's going to be when the encounter comes, it comes into that.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, I am so encouraged by it, and I'm taking away a few things that I can do in my personal life that's going to help me on this journey. With starting with identifying those desires, so sitting with the Lord and with a journal in my hand, and saying, "Okay, God, uh, I mean this. I love you so much. i I, I want to, I want to be in relationship with you. What are some of those things that are that are keeping me from fully engaging with you?" And uh, writing those things down, and we also. Um, I love that, like setting a 40 day challenge or something just for the renew cycle, like having having the different mindsets settle in and and letting those things die, burying them and then just having a time period in a process to really let God transform uh, our lives. So we want to we want to encourage you listeners as well that uh, you do the same and we would love to hear from you Um what it's like on your journey and in, in identifying your Uzziahs and and what's what God's doing along the journey. But um, also I want to encourage you guys to check back for the next podcast. We're going to go into part two of this and um, it's great to have the full picture of what God's speaking in Isaiah 6. So for more information, visit us at globalmissionawareness.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To stay connected till next time, find us at globalmissionawareness.com.